0: So let's get down to business with another episode of Start a Puzzle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. And we're back, back for another episode of Start a Puzzle. Matt DeCoursey here with Matt Watson. Hi, Matt. How's it going, man? Oh, I'm just, you know, I'm sitting here, I'm just painting away, just trying to make some art.
1: You and me both, man. I, uh, I'm trying to take my kids' art and sell it online. I think I'm going to be a billionaire.
0: But So I, I created this small painting, and I've been shoving it into my computer, but it doesn't seem to want to upload. Any kind of support you can give me on that? Um,
1: use your scanner to, and scan it. Oh, I you hadn't know, thought about that. Maybe, maybe I should take old family photos and scan them, too. I could sell them online.
0: I don't know if that classifies as art. It's art to me. If you call it art, I think it's art. Yeah, I think it's art, man. And that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about the NFT art scenes, part two of our series about NFTs. And, you know, we just, uh, it, you might, if, if you want to start at the beginning, go to our episode titled WTF is an NFT, where we gave a lot of background with that. And before we get into All of the interesting and amazing things going on in the world of NFT art. Today's episode of Startup Hustle is brought to you by Canva, where you go to collaborate and create amazing graphic design for free. Whether it's a presentation to share an idea, a video to launch your business, or a social post to start a conversation with Canva, you can design anything. Discover the magic of visual communication and how Canva helps you create a lasting impact today. Go to Canva.com. There's a link in the show notes for that. Canva is a really great tool. I use it all the time to create a ton of stuff, man. Everything from social media posts. I, I actually created the presentation for Canva to sponsor Startup Hustle using Canva. So
1: anyway, that was it an is, art. It is the reason you're the best graphic
0: artist I know. Yeah, I know, but you don't know that many, so I'm not going to get too excited True. about that. True. So, True. So, all right, so we talk about NFTs, and you know, I don't want to get too deep into the mechanics of what that is—non-fungible tokens. Uh, like I said at the beginning of the show, if you want a, a real, a, a more technical background about what an NFT actually is, I don't want to get too deep in the weeds for that. But you know, it's something I didn't realize until seeing the notes here—do you realize that the first actual digital art? Was created in the 60s? Hmm. I mean, yeah, I guess as soon as computers existed, it would have made sense. Yeah. So, you know, now, I mean, we're in the middle of this, uh, of uh, what is probably going to be looked back at as a gold rush of, of NFT ownership. So, non fungible tokens. And this really started in the spring of this, really sh- fired off and got moving in the spring of 2021 when an artist named Beeple. Sold a, a piece called Every Days. It's the first five thousand days, uh, and that got that sold for sixty nine point three million dollars, and really put the spotlight on digital art. And you know, since then, you've seen the rise of a lot of very interesting projects that um, that that are uh, even they're they're more than just art, right? So, meaning like uh, it's not just buying an image; it's not just buying the digital rights and ownership to, uh, you know, to actual paintings or art or something like that. It's actually a lot of these things have a lot of NFTs have tangible, quote, stuff attached to them. They have metaverse implications. Some of them even turn into like uh, Board Ape Yacht Club recently turned into ApeCoin and a lot of stuff like that. But, you know, today we're going to be more specific into the actual art space. So, you know, you look at I mean, some of this stuff selling for a hell of a lot of money, Matt. It's
1: crazy. I mean, the ones that everybody's heard of are going to be the Bored Apes. The, f- the very first, you know, big collection that really came out was CryptoPunks. So that's kind of one of the original ones, too. And some of the other ones that are common today are like Azuki uh, and and like a few, a few different ones or whatever that are super popular. But most people have heard of Bored Apes. That seems to be the one that gets all the kind of media attention lately. Um, the old school people that have been around crypto for a while all know about CryptoPunks because that was really kind of the original, the original deal. But, you know, you've gotten into this a lot over the last few months as we started to talk about doing this series. And, um, I still haven't jumped into it. I haven't bought one. Now, so,
0: well, I well, stole a Bored
1: Ape and it, and I'm using it as my avatar on Twitter. So prove or don't prove that I own one because my
0: avatar on Twitter is one, but well, one, well, one of the ways I can prove that you don't own it on Twitter is it's Twitter actually lets you, lets you connect an NFT to your profile picture and then they're in a different shape. So if you go to, yeah. you want to go, go check out my Twitter profile at DeCourcy Matt, and you will see my grandpa ape or, or whatever I choose to put up at the time. Cause I've bought several of these, but Matt, let me, so let me go ahead and give you a little bit of the, let me tell you a little bit of what I learned and what I've seen when it comes to NFT art. Now, a lot of the stuff that quote started as NFT art, like CryptoPunks or bored apes is beginning to evolve into other things. Like right? brands. I and mean, It's not just an image, yeah. but some of the other stuff that I've run into now, look, we're going to put, we're going to use, we're going to do a different episode about NFT music because music is still art, but we're yeah. t- going to talk more specifically about like image based stuff right? Like things like you would hang on a wall. Now uh, here's a fact that I, that almost nobody knows that listens to this show. Even if you heard all 800 plus episodes is I actually have a pretty sizable art collection. You can, yeah. now, the, I, you guys can't see you this do. listening, but here in my home studio, I've got quite a bit of original art, uh, mainly from a guy I went to high school with, who's a world-class painter. So I have a real appreciation for that. And along the way, I learned a lot about art, um, mainly that, well, there's, there's exclusivity around it, but it's all driven by hype. It really is. It's like who painted it. So I've got these really nice paintings on the wall behind me that realistically are worth four or five grand a piece in a, in a gallery, which for paintings is still good, but there's a shitload of paintings out there that certainly aren't worth that much. Now, if Nate Trotter and you can go to natetrotter.com if you want to see more of his stuff, but if you, if Nate was Beeple, these would be, I wouldn't even feel comfortable hanging them on my wall because they'd be so valuable. Mm-hmm. So it's about who painted it, who created it, what brand they disseminated from, or like the yep. exclusivity of and some digital of arts so the like same with, way. So yeah. So like with board ape, they, they meant these things. So in that case, those are, so I've seen that things that are created through like digital generation. What does that mean, Matt? That means like you take a baseline of something and you just put different layers, different effects and some of these things. So here's the thing is some of them will have hundreds of different combinations which means that when you generate them in association with other things, so some of them will be more rare. Some of the properties might only show up in 1% of the things. So in some cases, if you get three really rare things on one image, that might make that image the most exclusive out of 10,000. Well, okay, So if, I,
1: to, to provide ahead. a little more clarity for those who are listening, maybe aren't following us. So the way that this usually works is this is kind of the most common way that a lot of NFTs are done right now is they'll release like 10,000 of them, right? it'll be like, a picture of an ape or whatever, but there'll be a, an ape with like wearing different hats or different color backgrounds or wearing different shirts or whatever, right? Like it's, smoking a blunt,
0: not smoking yeah. a blunt. Eyes wide like open, eyes shut, eyes yeah. are red. Wearing a purple jacket, have yeah. green fur, have blue fur, purple fur, you name it, fur.
1: And that and that's why like for the board ape. There was one that everybody kind of thought looked like Eminem, like resembled Eminem yep. or something. And they finally convinced Eminem to buy it. So now Eminem owns one, owns that one.
0: Now that that evolved out of just image-based stuff though because that turned into other things and those actual images gave birth to other images. So holders of these NFT tokens, or it would be like if one of these paintings that's on the wall behind me, if I just woke up and I came in here one day and there yeah. were two paintings below it and I was like, wow, where'd these come from? And then some voice from wherever was like, those are your airdropped art pieces, Matt. <laughs> you know, so that's one thing the yeah. art on the wall won't do behind me, but some of this has begun to duplicate and there's some reasons for that. So now when it comes, to, so, so here's some of the things that I've seen when it comes to art. So I've seen, there's one uh, called, uh, gosh, I, I hear I dropped it. it, it it's, uh, it's, it's about vans, like shoes. So it's called okay. the, uh, it's like follow my vans. and see if I can find that real quick. Uh, where my vans go. And this is okay. some artist. So there's only 188 total images that this guy's taken, but they're all from these crazy places. Like imagine being on the ledge at the empire state building and you're taking a picture straight down of New York. And then this guy's got his shoes in it. So the minimum price that you're going to buy one of those for, and it's created by drifter shoots uh is fifty-two Ethereum. Matt, that's what, about at the time of this recording, about 150 hundred fifty, hundred
1: grand. Yeah. That's crazy, man.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So these are all one of a kind, and that's a famous photographer. I mean most okay, of them so are just
1: pictures of like a skyline yeah. or, or buildings or whatever with the dude's legs in the picture.
0: He's famous. It's so uh so Ansel Adams, who's the probably the first truly famous photographer. Some of the, you know, some of the the plates that were used for his original images are worth millions because of the exclusivity and the rarity of them. So I've seen that. Um, you have actual like images that are of like hand-painted art, which would be like taking the paintings that are on the wall yeah. behind me. Yes. You digitize them. And may, and though in some of these cases, you might not see variants. They might just say, so within the art world, you typically it, it follows a progression you'll have a, like an original painting which is one of one and then they create prints that are based on different size quality and sometimes numbered and signed by mm-hmm. the artist yeah and they just have this hierarchy that goes down and the, you know so you take so in theory this uh, an image or a painting that might be worth 20 grand as the original might actually be worth 250 grand to the artist Because a people can't always acquire the original one, they don't want to pay 20 grand for it, they don't feel it's worth it, so they buy prints and other things. So, um, with NFT art, some of the other stuff I ran into is I mean, I've seen everything from pictures, some of it's like literally, dude, it it will blow your mind like doodles. Like, there's this doodles thing, it's just basically squiggly lines, squiggly 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 lines, squiggly lines, and it would be like Watson. Took a marker and drew a J-shaped Nike swoosh or something like that, and then somehow that was valuable. Um, I've also seen a lot. So I'm currently I dove into this. So I'm currently waiting for a lucky duck to hatch. Um, so I minted <laughs> a lucky duck, which is uh, oh will be a God. one of will be okay. So this is an image of a claymation duck. So. So what are the artists and, and people doing with this? Their goal with Lucky Ducks is they want, it's a, very, it's a well-known claymation artist who wants to basically get the capital together to create an animated claymation series. And in order to do that, needs more people, needs more, more, more focus, needs all of that. And they literally said, okay, this is what we're doing with the money. And we're going to hire more people. We're going to, we're going to pitch this. So here's the thing. So if those lucky ducks, if that becomes like, okay, Matt, what do your kids watch on TV? There's like Blippi and Ryan, the toy kid and yeah. all of that stuff. So now let's just say lucky ducks becomes a big thing. There, there might be some real value to that, especially if you had one of the characters that ended up being important. Now, who knows? Is that going to well, happen or is it not? So the, So those are literally just pictures of, and I watched a video on it and they like had all these different attributes. So they're switching them around and like, they just kind of make them all look different.
1: Well, and that, that's one of the things you're, you're seeing for, uh, for, uh, you're definitely seeing in this, you see artists that create different NFT collections that end up being popular, like the Bored Aped, um, Yacht Club that eventually turn into a much bigger thing or brand, right? Um. And I think, like, Doodle, you mentioned Doodles uh, earlier. Like, that's another one I think is really cool. Uh, that's not the squiggly line one. The squiggly line one must be called something else. But the Doodles, uh, actually, I think are really cool uh, little ones. They're, like, a very unique style of, of uh, characters. And, um, you know, if that turns into, like, a kid's TV show one day, like, you know, like, the, the point is they're, like, building brands behind, like, these this art that becomes common and people are familiar with it. So then they're able to take that and then make something else out of it. Kind of like how Angry Birds ended up being a movie, and you know all that kind of stuff, right? Like Mickey Mouse is everywhere. Like it's the same
0: sort of thing. So, so with that, there's a lot of people that you know. A lot of people are into artists, their work, their creations, and stuff yeah. like that. And then, but you can go out and buy a lot of stuff, but it's not that money isn't going back and supporting the artist. It's a it's lot not. of times. It's it, a lot of times. It's just yeah. stolen. So yes and no, right? So
1: the way that people make money with NFTs is when they're minted. So if I'm the artist and I create a collection of 10,000 or whatever, and I charge, you know, one Ethereum to have a minted or whatever, then I'm going to make one Ethereum from the minting of them, right? That's it. But, and then if later it gets sold for a bunch of money, I don't necessarily get that. Now you can program into the smart contracts. So they get like a small percentage of it. Like they may get 5% or something. So if that dude's that, the dude with the shoes, I saw one that was, I I swear it said 2000 Ethereum. So it's was like, uh, however much that is, was that $1.2 million or something? I don't know. It was a lot of money. What, totally it worth month, it, right? Well, whatever, is was a lot of money. So if he gets 5% every time that gets sold, like, hey, he's he's doing yeah. all right. But from what I've heard from people that are kind of in this business, they said usually the, the artists are, are making the money off, off the minting. Because just think if you made $75 off everyone that's minted, you mint 10,000 of them, that's 750 grand. Now you can pray and hope that the collection becomes worth more later and you get some of the fees and the secondary market later on OpenSea and stuff like that. But 750 grand off some JPEGs off the first minting, like, hey, that's pretty damn good.
0: Yeah. And and so as I mentioned earlier, what the hope is for a lot of people is that, well, so the, a lot of the NFT art. so one of the things is, as I've been begin to explore this whole space and I'm not going to, I'm not going to, shoot it any other way than how I saw it. So I was not an NFT expert. I know some people that certainly are. Um, and, you know, what, what was Travis Wright's podcast again? Nifty. Yeah. It's called the Nifty so Channel, Travis, Yeah, Travis is a, uh, a Kansas City uh, resident and the host of the Bad Crypto podcast. And someone that advised me about a year and a half ago to start buying NFTs, which is advice I really wish I had taken. Um, but, you know, you'll see you, you, there... You know what I found here was exactly like Matt described, which first off was creator friendly marketplace. It is not difficult to create an NFT and list it for sale at a place like OpenSea. That doesn't mean anybody okay. knows it, they exist or they give a shit. I mean, but it's dude, easy. you could literally go there right the now and upload and upload a JPEG or a yep. P, or a PNG and and you could put it up for sale. Okay. That doesn't mean anyone market it. it doesn't, build some yeah, hype doesn't mean it, yeah. anyone's going to be interested in it. So what a lot of people hope with here is. With NFT art, is they're looking for scarcity, so that's one thing. They're looking for brand recognition. So you get an artist like Beeple, who's already like world famous, and that's the thing. You own like a one of one. And now, the downside of that is Matt, you could drag and drop that image right out of any browser and put it up wherever you wanted. Now that doesn't mean you're now, the owner of it. Let's talk about that for a minute.
1: Is think about the Mona Lisa for an example, right? Like. I would never. I wouldn't pay millions of dollars for the Mona Lisa. It ain't worth nothing to me. But people think it's worth millions of dollars, right? And it's in an art gallery somewhere. I can go take a picture of the Mona Lisa, and I could go to Walmart and probably print, print it out for like a few bucks, right? And I have a picture of the Mona Lisa. Is that the same thing, or is it different? It's not the same thing. It's not the original, right? And when you talk about JPEGs as art, it's the same thing. Like, yeah, I can make I my Twitter. Avatar is a board ape, but I don't own the original board ape. I have a copy of it, just like I went to the Mona Lisa and I took a photo a picture of the Mona Lisa and printed it. It's the same thing, right? I can't I don't own the original. And I can't prove that I own the original. Nobody wants to buy my copy. My copy ain't worth shit. They want to buy the original. Right? And so I so I mean, if you think about it that way, like with the Mona Lisa, it's the same sort of thing. Like people want to own the original and say that they own the original. Now, what I don't understand about digital art is what the hell you do with it.
0: Right. So it's like, why right. would I
1: buy this thing? What do I do with it? I can't hang it in my well,
0: house. I, I can give you a little bit of insight on that because, you know, you're going to start Twitter led the charge. So if you're subscribed to Twitter Blue, which is like two bucks a month, it's kind of like gives you access to all the beta stuff. So I, I, you can actually connect your NFTs to your Twitter profile like your avatar. Yeah. So right now, if you go to app to Corsi Matt, you'll see I've been I've been doing that for the last month on But my mine's Twitter already a board ape. My Twitter handle's a right. Ape. But but here's the thing, but I can go to your Twitter profile. Yeah. And thanks for finally following me, by the way.
1: So what you're saying um, is it's a status
0: symbol. Yeah it is, but I but That's I'm not your is. But I, I immediately know that your Twitter profile—you need a header, bro. So I'm. I'm, gonna, I'm do, you a to, broke do you want me to use
1: Can? Can I use Canva yes. to make you a Twitter header? So what you're saying is, you went to my Twitter, my Twitter account, and you can tell I'm a broke ass dude because I got the copy of the board ape.
0: Where uh, if I had a little hexagon
1: around there, I would yeah, be a rich ass how.
0: dude. Yeah, because you're so. So on my difference. Twitter profile, you can you can click you can literally click my my image and it will tell you. So first off mine's an octagon, not a circle. Okay. And I had to, I had to connect the digital token. So Twitter's verifying that I'm at least the wallet that that's in my wallet. So in this particular case, you would be able to click it and now i could it can say it's out of the grandpa ape collection it says there's ten thousand it gives you some other information about him it tells you that my my guy he's wearing a stunt jacket he has dark brown he's pretty cool 3d glasses on he's okay he's bored and unshaven smoking a cigar
1: so basically what we're saying is like i have a fake louis vuitton purse yes you have like a coach purse you can't afford the louis vuitton either but then the guy who
0: actually has the board ape has got like the Louis Vuitton purse. Like, is that what yeah. we're
1: saying? Basically?
0: I'm saying it's like that all status you want, I'm, symbols, I'm, right? I'm wondering why your Rolex is tick. The second hand is ticking and not sweeping.
1: Yeah. It's to me. It's like they become like status
0: symbols of saying like, Oh, I own a board ape or whatever. And dude, that's all artists. That's all yeah. artists. Cause the, well, the original, the original paintings that I own are at, are at a level of quality that could be sold for 10, 20, 100 times more but with that it's the artist notoriety that drives that multiple it's kind of like startups you know it's like mm-hmm. there are a variety of factors and you know, and that's, well, I want to talk about some of that a little bit more but hang on Matt, give me one second cuz there's something I need to remind you of and it's that today's episode of Startup Hustle is brought to you by Canva with Canva you can design your ideas with ease you can get inspired they have dude, half a million free templates and they have a whole rich content library that helps you and your team achieve your goals, sign up and start designing for free at Canva.com. There's a link for that in the show notes. Like you, so you could go create anything you wanted at Canva, including a new Twitter header Mm -hmm. for Matt's, for Matt's Twitter, yes, account. please, and you could do that in minutes and and have it ready. The thing I like about Canva, dude, is like everything, it, it's 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 templated, but it doesn't need to be. So you got a whole lot of templates you can work with. But one of the goofy things about creating images just for the internet is that every place you use them seems to want a different size. So like the size you need, the layout you need, the design you need for your Twitter header is going to be different than your LinkedIn header, which is going to be different than your Facebook header. And then you're like, come on. But anyway, they make that really easy. And yeah, you can sign up for free. So.
1: Canva is awesome, man. Um, I I definitely have, I've uh, have used it a bunch of times. So I don't know, man, I, I was going to ask you, you're an art collector. So, I am not an art collector. I, my question for you though. Well, yeah, you is, are.
0: You actually have some art. You have a little some, bit, a little I, bit, yeah. not as much as
1: you. So my question for right. you is, what is the most amount of money? And you don't have to answer this question if you want. What is the most amount of money you've ever spent on a single piece of art? Like real world art.
0: And if you don't want to answer the question, well, that's cool. No, and I don't mind answering it. Cause here's the thing. As I'm buying it wholesale, yeah. Right. So like the, is the question, so two grand. Okay. For a painting. Yeah. So and, I'm not and, an art. And and and, 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 I mean, 1500 to two grand, but then I've done that about 40 times. Yeah. So, but with that, I have a whole collection of it. And now what are those paintings worth? Like I said, I'm buying them without the gallery involved. So when you go to yeah, buy yeah, a yeah. painting at a gallery, the gallery takes half the money. Yeah. So, yeah. So with that, if you know the artist and you can get it directly to the artist, you can basically buy it for half. So all that stuff. Now, now what's it worth? Uh, dude, just like my dad used to tell me, cause I'd come, I, when I was a small child, I'd be like, I have this Mark McGuire rookie card and it's worth 10 bucks. And he'd said, do you have someone to give you $10 for it? And I yep. said, no. And he said, yep. well, what about the baseball card store? I said, well, they'll give me five.
1: Yeah. Okay. Then yeah.
0: it's only worth five bucks. It's worth five. So, so I, right.
1: I have bought a few different pieces of art in my house. And most of them were probably about the same kind of price range that you just mentioned, yeah. Right. I do have one crown jewel that I bought from a local artist named, uh, Jeff Hansen, uh, who has since passed away. Um, but I absolutely have always loved his art and I was a totally huge fan. It's Kansas city guide. You know who I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. And so honestly, I paid, I don't remember exactly how much it was. It was like 10 to $15,000 for this piece of art. It was, it, by, it was like the biggest art splurge I've ever done. To me that was a crazy crazy deal, but I was a huge fan of his art. Always wanted a piece of his art and he just had the most amazing piece that like the second I saw it on his website I'm like, "Oh my god, I have to have this thing. It is amazing." So I bought it and it's in my front room and it's one of my favorite things. I walk by it every day and I, every time I see it I'm like, "Oh my god, this thing's beautiful."
0: Yeah, and that, well, that's how I get, feel about that's how I, I feel about the art. That
1: Digital art, because the same thing, like I could save a a JPEG of anything and put it on a 80 inch TV in the other room and look at that, those pictures. And I didn't pay for any of them. Right. I don't know. Like it's the same thing. I make a copy of the Mona Lisa picture and I could digitally put it in my room in there. Right. But I don't own it. So it's, it's just
0: interesting to me, like the, the whole digital art thing, but. Yeah, I agree. And, and, you know, here's the thing is there's, there's a lot of flaws in it. For like mainly what you just mentioned. Now at the well, same time, it all it also fixes a hell of a lot of flaws that have gone on overall in the collectibles and off, off, authenticity yes. market. So you yeah, know the that's the thing that's been that's the thing that's been a real challenge. Is so, and I talked about this in in the in the WTF as an NFT episode. But there, you know, over the last, you know, 15 years, there's been this developing story. So Leonardo da Vinci had a painting that was called the Salvatore Mundi, which was, which was reportedly painted around 1500. And it's kind of like, it's a painting of Jesus. And he's just like straight on. It's kind of funny. It kind of looks like the same face as the Mona Lisa on a lot of, on a lot of them. But this painting was missing forever. And then it supposedly surfaced somewhere in New Orleans someone bought it in terrible condition for a couple grand had a had a world now a world renowned uh restoration artist work on it who along the way said oh my god this is a da vinci now that said when that went out and got sold it sold for over a, like 80 to 100 million bucks and then later someone bought it for 400 million the yeah. problem is is forever in the history and future of this painting will the owner, the trail of ownership will always be questioned. And right. th- so a lot of people don't think that it is what it is. Um, a lot of people think that it could be, but there's no real way to prove it. Now, I personally think that when someone paid $450 million for it, you proved everything you needed to prove, right? So, but with blockchain and art, you can prove it. Like you literally, so- it, it would be, it would be impossible to, to erase the trail Now, assuming that it was on a blockchain that was owned by more. Are you ready
1: for me to drop the bombshell that you don't want to hear? Oh, no. When you buy an NFT, like a board ape or whatever, and you buy it for a million dollars, it's not actually stored on the blockchain. What you're buying is an Ethereum token that basically has a website address, basically like a URL to a file that's hosted somewhere else. So, like literally, you're just you're, you're buying a token, a thing, like just a magical token, right? It's like a unique identifier that just points to the file that's actually saved somewhere else. And a lot of times that file could be on like Google Cloud or Dropbox or whatever, it could be anywhere. And actually, if somebody could go to Google Cloud and just delete that file or change the file, then it's just gone, which is crazy, mm. huh? So, what most of the projects do though is they're using what's called the interplanetary file system. Um, or they are saving it in a different blockchain. So like Ethereum is not the place you would want to store like this 100K, you know, JPEG, like this giant JPEG file. Like you couldn't store it in Ethereum. That wouldn't make any sense. But you can store it on the interplanetary file system, which the file can never be deleted. So like if if you put the file there, the file is there in perpetuity on that blockchain. Now, if that blockchain disappears someday, then I guess we're all screwed. But that i mean that's the reality of it too actually is the files are stored
0: somewhere else but the so good do thing i need to, i do i need to move my grandpa ape over to you, you might guarantee you might want to save a backup of it
1: i guess i don't know but it's in my somebody, digital wallet but somebody could go my point is like if there's ten thousand of those in like google drive somewhere somebody could go like rename the files and magically your
0: your grandpa ape is like a different one <laughs> oh man
1: isn't that crazy so that's yeah, why people I'm, are I'm using. I'm,
0: I'm furiously trying to sell all my NFT art now.
1: <laughs> that's why people use these other file systems, so that they're like more immutable, so nobody can like delete the files. Yeah. But I, some I of mean, them, yeah,
0: that's, I mean, that's crazy. So, but I mean, by the so... way, by the way, you, remember you did the the
1: rubber duck party thing? That's how that oh, worked. Yeah. That's why it it showed like a weird like uh, opening soon like you know like you're going to get a random duck thing. So if anybody buys any of these NFTs and you see these images of like oh you're going to, you know, unveil what you really got. That's what it does. It's actually changing the photo behind the scenes
0: <laughs> as I just described. So let's let's talk a little bit about so this is an interesting thing. I got a I got a list of some historical transactions that have occurred um, you know, with, uh, so first off, 50% of all NFT sales, this isn't just art are for less than $200 a transaction, right? That makes so sense. for the most part, they're pretty, and this is back from the other episode. So, um, I think this number's low. So I'm questioning this, but according to Statista, 23% of people that collect NFTs are millennials. I would think that would be like 83%. Yeah, so I'm think questioning so that. There was 20, $41 billion worth of transactions uh, via crypto that occurred in NFT marketplaces. Now, some of the things that some of the most expensive NFTs, so there's one that's called The Merge, which sold for $91.8 million. And that's a single artwork composed of a collection of masses that, the, that users created by anonymous digital artists named PAK, P-A-K. So that ended up being fractionalized into 312,000 different pieces that are owned by approximately 29,000 buyers. So that's kind huh. of an interesting concept. In that case, they took a single thing and they chopped yeah. it up 300,000 times. So you became a fractional owner of a very well-known piece of art. Another one called The First 5,000 Days, which I mentioned earlier, was sold. Uh, it was, uh, it, the artist is known by as, the, as Beeple. 69 yep. million bucks. Uh, Beeple had another one. Beeple's killing it, by the way. So he had another one called Human One that sold for 29.98 million. And then you get into things like Matt was mentioned earlier, like CryptoPunks, which, okay, this is what I find to be so fascinating. If you have ever seen a picture of a CryptoPunk, it reminds me of something that I drew on an Apple IIe in like 1985. Yeah,
1: it's very pixelated.
0: It's just pixel in there. I mean, it's is like, it's its almost kind of like throwing a metal finger up at art. Like, it's not, I mean, if I, Matt, I, if I drew that for you during a meeting and handed it to you, you would probably put your coffee cup on top of it because that's what, how much it would have seen. But you had one, there was called the COVID alien, which sold for 11.75 million. There was another one for seven point five. I mean, there's been other ones. So Snoop Dogg bought one called X copy for 7 million. Uh, Beeple had another one that was an animated video featuring former U.S. President Donald Trump laying on a field why bystanders ignored him. You got 6.6 million for that. And I mean, it just goes on and on and on. So where are people? So people are making these transactions in NFT marketplaces that are really on fire right now. And some of the, the the most, the, well, I, the most well-known is uh, OpenSea, which is kind of like StubHub. That's secondary. It's all secondary. It's not primary. Meaning when we say primary, primary would be like if you go buy your, your concert ticket at the box office or directly from Ticketmaster, it becomes secondary. If you choose to resell it or buy it from someone else that's reselling, But that's where artists are benefiting from it because a lot of them are, are minting or pushing yeah. these collections through these marketplaces. So they get a piece of secondary transactions as well. So OpenSea, Rarible, and there's another one called Foundation. So I see op- I've see i seen OpenSea and Rarible at a lot. I think there's another one. Is it Gemini? Oh,
1: there's another one. I think it's called like Looks Rare. So one of the yes, biggest yes, problems, yes. one of the biggest problems with all these marketplaces, there's two problems. The first one, is OpenSea would tell you? I think it's like eighty or ninety percent of everything that gets listed on there is basically a scam, a fake, a ripoff,
0: or whatever, right? So you can take. Well, yeah,
1: it's the to be apes. cautious. I don't want. I don't yeah. want to. Yeah,
0: I don't want to say that that's our opinion on it. They've no, been, no. That's
1: their statistics. Yeah. Like they would yeah. tell yeah, you. That, yeah. yeah. So they, they. I mean, just like they have moderators on TikTok and all those other things to weed out like crap we're not supposed to see, right? You know, they have a bunch of moderators that have to go through all the shit that gets put on there every day and figure out, oh, nope, it's just somebody uploading a copy of the board yacht, you know, yacht club again. Or it's the same, it's the board apes, but they flip the images and turn them upside down, but it's the same yep. thing. Like people do that shit all day long. So there's all this scam, just like crap out there because it's an open marketplace. You have other marketplaces like Looks Rare and some of them. That only do highly coveted known stuff. they It's not an open marketplace. You and I can't just go list something on there. Now, like Beeple could or something, but like not just like two schmoes like us.
0: Um, I want to reveal something. I am actually Beeple, and I'm also uh, Banksy. I'm Banksy. That as explains well. a lot. Me. That I explains know, a lot why I'm just randomly gone to places that then just have really well-known graffiti art. So let's talk about that for a second. You know, Banksy, do you know who Banksy is?
1: I don't know a lot about him. I mean, I, I think I mostly learned about him probably like a lot of people when he shredded his art after he sold it. Yes.
0: Oh, I love that. So Banksy is like shows up in town. So he's anonymous. Although a lot of people believe that they know who he is and I believe they proved it, but I'm going to, I'm going to let people research that on their own. Um, so, but, you know, Banksy does these really crazy and like kind of statement, uh, based graffiti in town, like literally like painting on a, on a brick wall. And because he's so well-known and because they got, they were so well-hyped, um, you know, what happens is people should, when Banksy shows up in the town, people show up and they'll like cut the wall out of a building. Oh, wow. Right. To then mm-hmm. go try to sell it for like yeah. a ton of money. Now, the problem is, is if you're Banksy, you don't get anything out of that. right? right. Like someone yeah. else is. So, you know, this kind of stuff I think is good for the art community. Um, I, hey, man, if you can get it, get it right now. At the same time, I, Matt's right. There's a, I see a lot. So my Twitter profile is a grandpa ape. That is not a board ape. Right. It's not the same company. It's not the yeah. same people. And
1: honestly, and that's not that's not a scam. It, I'm, and earlier, I, I no, meant no regards that that was a scam. No, no, it's
0: different. Well, it is it's different, different but it's but it's close, right? Yeah. Now, personally, I think it's actually a better picture than the board eight. I Apes, think really but it's It's cool. not a board eight. Yeah. yeah, it's not a board eight. So you know, I was I, and where did I come across that? I was just doing research for this series, and I wanted to see what's up. And I'm not about to drop uh, five or six digits on a board or mutant ape. No. Although. That might not have been the worst decision, given the ApeCoin launch that came out from that, because you could have bought a 200000 hundred thousand dollar board ape, like the cheapest one they had, and you would have ended up getting about one hundred ninety to one hundred grand of ApeCoin after it. So some of this stuff, it's gonna it's gonna be interesting where the sustainability exists in the art community and because the thing is is once you release something if you well you, you, they don't water down their own stuff or at least good artists don't because there's got to be a little trust in the community i mean board ape is a brand now i mean they, they actually yeah. just took in 450 million dollars of investment at a four billion dollar valuation so someone's From doing like something right
1: Andreessen horowitz or somebody right it was somebody big. a ton of them man a, a bunch was crazy. of
0: them who by the well, way got t- paid who by the way also took ownership of a hell of a lot of ape coin so do you, do you think that digital art is art? Like you're an art collector. What, how do you yes, feel about it? I do. I think it's art. Cause if you want to leave it at that basic of a, of a question. Yeah. Cause I mean, I think you can call a lot of things art. Um, do I understand the trade of NFT art? Yeah. I get a lot of it, especially the things like, so I'm a one of one guy. Like I, like all of the, all, I own about, uh, I own roughly 40 original paintings uh, all one of one, very much one of one. I can prove one of one. I own uh, about, oh, eight to 10 different high level sports collectibles. Like I own mm-hmm. a Royals jersey that, you know, one of the Royals players was wearing when yeah. he put us into the World Series that we won. And that was as high of, I couldn't actually buy a World Series jersey. So I bought that. It was auctioned off from the club. You asked me earlier how much I'd spent on it. I actually spent almost three grand on that jersey but it's okay. the only one of one. And I'm a huge yeah. Royals fan. It's like one of my prized possessions yeah. that I just love to like have around me. Cause I like things that are going with winning. I mean, honestly, I'm actually, um, I'm, I'm in discussion right now to purchase a guitar from a, from a rock star. Okay. You know, it's like some of that. So, I, but that's a one of one thing too. So mm-hmm. like, I get it on the one of one stuff. I don't, I think that, Overall, I think that there's, this is getting watered down in a hurry. I mean, it, there to me, are it's a lot of so speculation. many, yeah. I mean, so I, I, think I that, can
1: see, yeah. I can see investing in like CryptoPunks or, or Bored Apes or something thinking like, okay, 20 years from now, are these still going to be worth a lot of money? Will they continue to be Maybe. worth more money?
0: But those Maybe. are blue chips. I mean, probably, those right? are like they're blue the... chip things, right? At this yeah. point. And, but people are, are,
1: what they're chasing is like, what will be the next that? Like the grandpa Ape that you have or the... Rubber duck party or whatever, like, is a rubber duck party going to be like a blue chip collectible? Probably not, right? Like, but nope. people speculate on that, and and what you have is a lot of people that do what you call flipping them, right? Like, you bought the rubber duck party, and maybe you got like the most coolest rubber duck, and then you can you bought it for a hundred bucks, and maybe you can sell it for five hundred bucks three weeks from now, right? And it's like, hey, I made some money, cool, I flipped it, but. And I think there might be people that, like more like me like I would I would consider maybe investing in a blue chip one like okay maybe I'll buy a cryptopunk like I uh, and I'll put a few dollars in it and like I'm never going to think about it again for like 10 years. Like that's the only way I could do it cuz there's no way I could convince myself honestly to go buy a rubber duck like I just couldn't
0: do it. So you talk couldn't so you talk about I think that at certain points I think things like Bored Ape I don't know if they I don't know where the pricing's going to be or stay I think that one's there that, that, so I think a lot of this stuff's going to get looked back at in a, in a, as a form of nostalgia, Yeah, you know, like some of the things it was like, you look at like, so with baseball cards, like the 1952 Mickey Mantle rookie card. Yeah. Now Mickey Mantle was not the best baseball player in the history of baseball, but there was a level of scarcity and marketability that just happened to all come together there. Like there weren't so many of them that, you know, that it was still very rare. It's also like a New York and a Yankees thing. So you take the, the most popular franchise and you take one of the most popular players that went mm-hmm. with it. So now you, when I was a kid, you could have bought one of those for like five grand, which seems extreme. Now it's, that might be like a million dollar baseball card. Now on the flip side of that, a lot of people that were my age went through like the eighties where there was no scarcity. So baseball cards for the longest time, they just printed like you would, you could go to Sam's club and they would have an entire pallet filled with boxes of cards and the little wax packs with the gum in it, right? Now those the there's no value to almost all of that because there's a million Mark McGuire rookie cards that are all yeah. exactly the same. So the collectibles yeah. industries has changed through this. Now you know another thing that's like this should this could and will probably disrupt is so there's a huge business uh, around authentication. Yes baseball cards, yep. autographs, like all of that. And this, that, so if you bought that, the Beeple for $70 million, you don't have any need to authenticate that. It's As authenticated. You private it's key, you can in. prove you're the owner. Yeah. And that's what people that's are it. into. So I, I, you know, and then to kind of answer your question, I thought about this lately. Cause I was like, would I just buy a board ape? I mean, I'll be honest with you. I wish I had, because I would have, if I would, if you would have, if I would have known that a two hundred thousand dollar board ape was going to come back and and dish out a hundred thousand dollars worth of ape coin, which I could have immediately sold on Coinbase, um, that would have been one thing. Now here's the thing: is I, I even watched it. I said, okay, well, if that's the case, and everyone's cashed that in, those should probably be worth a lot less now. They aren't. Not yet. Could have made some money there. Yeah. You know, I mean, I have a friend that's owns a whole bunch of mutant apes. So when the mutant apes came, you could buy those things for $300. And they didn't even sell out quickly, which is yep. wild. If you think about it, like, cause it, the, and you know, sometimes that's kind of stuff does kind of slowly creep up, you know, it's well, the it, stuff that with,
1: yeah. with any kind of market, right there, it takes buyers and sellers. And let's be honest, if there's only a maximum of 10,000 people that have a mutant ape and none of them want to sell, none of them want to sell right but you got people that want to buy the price is going to go up
0: yeah it's scarcity yeah well then another thing that's the kind of the hidden element of this is all of this uh, so much of this exists on the ethereum blockchain so if yes you, uh if i if i buy map coin or i buy a jpeg of of watson for one ethereum and today ethereum's at three thousand dollars um, that when Ethereum's worth $5,000, it's still originally purchased for one Ethereum. So there's a, there's a fluctuating value because that's also what you're going to exchange it back for. So there's a whole dynamic that comes into that. But I mean, overall, man, I mean, uh, hats off to the artist community because yes. if y'all are ready to buy it and pay for it, you know, you're a willing buyer. No one's twisting your arm and no, no one's forcing anybody to buy a board eight.
1: Well, I would say that there are there are probably way more artists that have made w- way more money selling NFTs than there are artists that made money selling like real paintings and stuff in real life, I bet. Yeah. Like, just well, because yeah, it's so yeah. hard to yeah. sell real paintings. Like, like the amount of work it takes to make those paintings on your wall behind you that nobody can see, it takes many hours, right? And so, yeah, you would buy them for a couple thousand dollars, $4,000, and honestly, the artist probably doesn't make that much profit off of them because the amount of work they put into them, Right. But now all of a sudden, if they can make these NFT collections and they blow up and they you know sell for hundreds of thousands of dollars, like that's going to far surpass what most of these people would have done in these paintings,
0: I would think. But. Well, the, yeah. And, you know, and as we kind of wrap up once again, I want to give a big thank you to today's sponsor. That's Canva. Go to canva.com. There's a link in the show notes. Can, Canva can, can, you could, you could go to Canva right now and, and make an image and upload it as an NFT, or you could create concepts or do a whole lot of different stuff, but uh, you know, get on the same page with your team as well. And you can have seamless real-time collaboration. So I mean, the question is what are you going to design today? And you can explore, and start designing for free at Canva.com. So, yeah, you know, well, Matt, would would you buy? So you'd never buy a board, aid?
1: Um, If I was gonna buy one, it might be one of those. I mean, what, what's crazy is there's there's a huge universe of <coughs> NFTs. Like, I I joked one day, I told you I I randomly saw one on OpenSea or whatever. I think I found it on Twitter. It was like pimps and hoes NFT. Like it was like <laughs> there was like so much crazy shit out there. Like the one of just the the squiggly lines like that one blows my mind it's like why would people buy yeah. there, there's so like the, jpeg arts of of like everything you can imagine uh out there like it's just crazy
0: so the cheapest that you can buy a board ape for right now at the time of this recording uh is on OpenSea, and it's three hundred and nineteen thousand dollars or 103 ethereum uh, okay so now here's the crazy thing is before they issued apecoin the, you could go you could so this has actually gone up significantly despite the fact that the people that own these have probably have already harvested those coins.
1: By the way, did you hear about the people who borrowed Bored Apes, got the yeah. ape coin and then returned them?
0: Yeah. <laughs> Some, there was some dude that all made in, like a million dollars. All in one dollars. smooth transaction. Yeah. Hey, we got to respect the hustle a little bit. Some guy made like a million dollars doing that. Yeah, and there's, of... you know, we're going to get into some of that later in the series. There is a dark side to some of this that mm-hmm. has a lot of people questioning what's going on and how it's occurring. And, you know, one of the things with the blockchain that that there is a level of anonymity that mm-hmm. leads to a lot of things coming out and the, the founders or those behind it aren't what is known as doxed. What does doxed right. mean, Matt?
1: Uh, I mean, basically it means that they've been identified, right? You talk about someone like Banksy and figuring out who Banksy really is. That that would refer to him being doxed. I don't remember. I don't know what docs is
0: like a uh, acronym or, or it's D O X X E D. I mean, that's how I've seen it written, but that would be in some cases it would be like, Hey, here's the creators. Here's the founders. These are real people. This isn't bullshit. This isn't a scam. Right. So they're trying to lend their own credibility for it. So like one of the things you're seeing a lot with the the NFT that stuff that comes out is like, you know, like actual brands getting behind it. But in some cases, it's honestly even hard to figure that out. Now, we were mentioning, as we kind of wrap up, one of the things on OpenSea, you know, with their moderators is the blue check mark. Yes. So you uh, and that's a big thing. and, 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 And so that's them. That's them kind of authenticating it. So, mm-hmm. like, I'm looking at it right now, and I see Board Ape Yacht Club, Mutant Ape Yacht Club, Azuki. These are some of the these are some of the top ones. You know, there's I mean, there's a whole the Crypto Punks, and these all have blue checks next to them. So, <clears throat> I don't know. I think this is a really interesting thing. Um, and by the way, you get other things too that don't have the blue check, like like for example, Bape. So you're talking about apes. So Bape is a Japanese clothing brand that talks about a bathing ape. Right. So they just launched their own NFT, which was technically an art NFT. um, And it's, uh, and it hasn't, they haven't hatched yet or been revealed, as we like to say. But those sold out for, those sold out the same day they came up. Right. So right now, the cheapest one, man, I probably should have bought these when they were cheaper. Over one Ethereum. Yeah. Yeah. So the other day when I was looking at these, when they came out, they were at like 0.6. 0.7. So in some of yeah. these cases, now here's the thing is they minted straight from BAPE for way less than that. So people are turning around and flipping a lot of this stuff. And, you know, I, I mean, I was talking to the COO at Full Scale about this because this reminds me a lot of when we were ticket brokers.
1: Yeah. Um, and it's some of the speculation, go, right? It's speculation it is, all, a it
0: is. It is. And then some of it's kind of predictable, though. Like, yes. And now I'm a little surprised on this one, seeing this floor being at 1.5 Ethereum. That is actually... Double of what it was a couple of I mean, days
1: ago. I mean, back you know, example back to the, your your ticketing days. It's like Super Bowl tickets. You're like, yeah, we know people are going to like these, but depending on who plays in the game and what yep. you know, what city it's in, it's gonna be more or less or whatever, right? Like some of these, you can see, okay, it's Bape. You know, that's a big brand that's attached to this like odds are this is probably gonna do pretty good, right? But then you have other ones you're like totally unknown so Who knows what the hell the shit is? Like yeah, I don't want to mess with it.
0: But some of them they're well, more. I mean, of- yeah, no one knew no one knew what a board ape was. Not, not originally. Yeah. Not, not originally. a year and a half ago. Yeah.
1: But something I mean, like th- theoretically, if you time.
0: bought those, when they came out, if you had bought those when they were a thousand dollars a piece, right. And you bought 10 of them for 10 grand, you'd, you'd have at least $2.5 million after all the fees of selling them and likely probably a lot more. Mm-hmm. So yep. it's kind of like a, Kind of like the dude that wasn't the first Bitcoin transaction, like ten thousand bitcoins for a pizza.
1: <laughs> it was a few Bitcoin, yeah. <laughs> yes, it I was. mean it
0: was like ten thousand. It was a lot. It was like, I mean, they were like they were like a nickel a coin yeah. at that point. Something crazy, and that, that yeah. guy has pretty been speaking of doxxed, He's been pretty outed all over the internet for for doing that. So, anyway, man. That's what I found out about NFT art. I mean, it's, it's clearly there's something to this $41 billion with transactions in the entire NFT exchanges, but most of that is uh, technically under the art or collectibles. Yeah. That's what gets so, all the hype right now is the NFT art. Yeah. Well, stay tuned. We'll be back next week for another edition of our series about NFTs. See you then, all man. All right. See you then.